Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. Since we've been gone for the past couple of weeks, we decided to go through all of the major uh, European leagues and talk about all of the happenings that are going on there, whether it's uh, the games that I've just concluded that have been uh, the last of the season or you know the, the last game week that's coming up next weekend, what's going to happen there, what we think is going to happen there. And yeah, stick around for it. It's a good time and leave a rating if you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello and welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's Monday. It is our news and predictions episode. Back after quite a break for finals and just general life busyness. My name is AJ Tavura. I'm a fan of West Ham United, which, you know, pretty happy with how things went. Lucas Fabianski, the goats of penalty saver. Great Great game, great game. Aside from the, you know, own goal, whatever. Uh, Minnesota United, which is slightly less happy and uh, the u.s national teams and as always i'm joined by jack jack how did your teams do this weekend um hmm. uh let's not talk about it but we will i'm well, a fan of chelsea yeah <laughs> i was gonna say let's not talk about the 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 men's side yeah of your favorite teams yeah Let, let's talk let's talk about the women's side yeah especially yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to it but especially sam kerr because mm-hmm. sam kerr is the best player on the earth I don't, I don't want to hear any other arguments. Benzema, <laughs> trash. trash. Messi, washed. washed. Lewandowski, tap and merchant. Sam Kerr, <laughs> best player in the world. Best player, I suppose, yeah. Uh, Atalanta, uh, yeah. We, yeah. We, don't, we don't like to talk about them anymore <laughs> because they're, they're not doing well. Minnesota United uh, and Minneapolis City, which went well on half of the, on half the fronts. Yeah, Minneapolis City. For those of you who don't know, uh, are playing in two divisions now, I suppose. Because well, technically three. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's a three. But like, like uh, the UPSL, mm-hmm. uh, that that's just their futures program. Am I? Am I correct no, that's in that? that's a youth team. That's a set. That's separate from the futures program. Okay. Oh wow. All right, man. Uh, Minneapolis City playing in three divisions, uh, all, all in amateur soccer. So it's not like it's actually like three. Like very separate different divisions but it's still crazy that they played like two games at the exact same time yeah on a saturday like that was wild one went well the usl league two game went pretty went okay uh drew 2-2 with a last minute equalizer uh pretty cool stuff there and then lost i think for the first time to duluth uh which isn't great but yeah uh, it's it's all right the the Minneapolis City lost a lot of their first team uh, over this past year, so it you know it, it's it's a bit of rebuilding. Rebuilding is good. It's yeah, fun. yeah. I I made my predictions for like not, not actually put it out there, but I, I had my predictions be like NPSL Duluth FC wins it, whatever, and we'll we'll be back next year or the year after that. I don't know, uh, but. Enough about Minneapolis City. We're talking about other things, even though I'm sure we'll talk about Minneapolis City, NPSL, and all that stuff eventually uh, some more. But we are here to talk about the European season as it slowly comes to the end. We are either at the last game uh, in terms of like what's been completed or we're at the penultimate game, which means that the, the final games of the European season are next week. And we're here to talk about them, go country by country, starting off with probably the more interesting one talk about what's been going on there how the teams are doing 
domestic cups, all that jazz. And yeah, I should say, I apologize for my mic right now. I am at home. I don't have my current mic set up for unforeseen circumstances. So I apologize. If it's a, a little wonky, this is the first time that Jack mentioned this, that I have the worst mic <laughs> of the two of us. So a little bit of uh, irony there. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. And yeah, let's get into it, Jack, with England. Let's start off with the FA Cup Finals. Let's start off, Jack, which I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's start off with the men's final. Uh. Chelsea versus Liverpool. I was at brunch watching this game. I was glued to my screen. Jack, how, how do you feel about you know, the results of this game? What happened there? I feel bad. That's yeah. how I feel. Uh, ever since the Super Cup final, Chelsea can't win penalty shootouts. It, it hasn't happened. Apparently not. Uh, Apparently not. You know, we tried, subbing, we tried subbing on Kepa to save penalties. That didn't work. Against the same team. Yeah, and we tried keeping Mendy on, and that didn't work. Uh, but in this game... I'm going to start with the positives because I like to try and be positive sometimes. Uh, Christian Pulisic, very good game from him. He was creating a lot of chances and I'm sick of some Chelsea fans slandering him. And I want him to still stay at Chelsea next season because I think he is probably Chelsea's most consistently creative attacker. Uh, Mason Mount has been good as well, but Christian Pulisic also is very influential when he, when he's playing in his preferred position. Uh, so that, that, that was positive. Uh, other positives, Trevor Chalaba looked pretty good. Reese James was good. Jorginho looked actually really impressive. That, that was good. Uh, bad parts. We can't, we, we can't win a penalty shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way this ended up is I, I, I was like in front of my TV watching this and whole, and just, I was really hoping it didn't go to penalties. Uh, Alonso converts his. Milner converts his. Azpilicueta barely misses his. <sighs> so close. I, if, the, if that had gone in, we, we might have won. Actually, with all the penalties as they went, we would have won. Oh, well. Uh, Tiago converts. Reese James converts. Firmino converts. Ross Barkley, who got subbed on despite yeah. only making one other performance this entire season. He converts, so I guess he did the job he needed to. Uh, mm-hmm. Trent converts. Jorginho does. A little worried with him uh, in penalties lately. Uh, but they didn't have Fabianski. So, yeah. What is that? Uh, Mane misses, uh, gets saved. Yeah, cr- good save. Yeah. Uh, Hakim Ziyech converts. Really good penalty from him. Diogo Jota converts. Mason Mount, not a good penalty from him. Not this good is penalty. This. I, I, so Chelsea have been in a few uh, shootouts before. We, in the past three years, we have been in how many shootouts? I think it's five. Uh, we have lost three of those shootouts. Two, uh, two of those shootouts were lost because Mason Mount missed his penalty. Mm-hmm. The other one was lost because Kappa missed his. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe he shouldn't be that, be that far up in our penalty taking. Maybe sure. maybe someone else should have been subbed on for penalties because Mason Mount doesn't have a good record from penalties. Uh, but I, I digress. And then Simikas scores the winner, which uh, sad, just sad. Makes me sad. That, yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, I I the the bad things for Liverpool. There are some really negative things for Liverpool in this game, though. 
Uh, Virgil van Dyke came off uh, with, with uh, some, some cramp or an injury of some sort. It looked like right. Salah had to come off in the 33rd minute with an injury. Um, and uh, Diaz did not have his shooting boots on at all. No, he didn't. I, I, can, can I say, I, I, it wasn't that I was, you know, not impressed with him. No, because I, I still think he had a he had like a relatively good game. Oh yeah, he did. Outside of like the missed shot, he had he had uh, six total shots. Obviously, if you look at the scoreline, which ended up being zero zero, none of those went in. Uh, but I, I I think can I say that he he was probably the best out of the front three for Liverpool. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because uh, we obviously saw went off. Mane. I, I feel like was mostly invisible for he, the game. Was, yeah. Uh, Jota had, had some chances here and there, but it was definitely Diaz low bar, of course, but Diaz being the, the more impactful of the three that were there for the majority of the game. Uh, but yeah, not, not, you know, definitely not a positive for Liverpool that their front three wasn't firing nor Chelsea, yeah. I suppose, but. Christian Pulisic was the was the standout of it, which is I say so. I say so. Lukaku had some good some good moments as well. He didn't he didn't find the net, but he did have some good moments. There was Ah. a there was an interplay with Pulisic where he played it off them. That's true. Uh, That there there was some good movements there. I I want to see this front three for the last two games of the season. Okay. That that this is the front three I want to see because it has easily been our best and most creative. Uh, front three in the in the past few games like against Leeds, they were all very good yes it is Leeds, but uh they they were good against them so i i want to see more of that i want some consistency in that front three awesome awesome yeah well i mean outside of the the front three and you know they still you know they still had a relatively good game i thought chelsea for the most part played very well uh it was a zero zero uh scoreline but I was still pretty entertained. They, there was really good chances from both sides. Uh, Chelsea, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm forgetting who had like the better chances in the first and second half, but it, it was pretty uh, back and forth altogether. Jack, do you have any opinions on who controlled when? Liverpool had the best uh, of the first, I don't know, uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Sure. Uh, and then Chelsea started to attack back. They started the second half better. And then for the last like 10 minutes of the first 90, Liverpool started to assert themselves more. And then by the end of that, both teams just seemed to play it out, want to play it out for penalties. Sure. Like it yeah. did, neither side really looked all that concerned. Pretty which, evenly matched. Yeah. Makes sense. Liverpool, they've got the Champions League final and they've got two like really important league games still. Chelsea have some important league games. The, their next one is super important. If they if they win that one, then they then they secure third place. So I'll, I'll take that. It's an improvement on two consecutive fourth place finishes. So yeah, sure, sure. It, it, it is it is improvement, and we did win tr- silverware this year. We won two trophies. So uh, yeah, know. the Super Cup and the Club World Cup. Hey. You got it. You got to win the Champions League to get into those, though. So yes, I yes, <laughs> I, I guess I, you do. The, it's not. It's not for everyone, you know. Not ev- yeah. not everyone can win a Champions League. Cough, cough. All right, City, you know? all right, all right. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had to slander City a little. Calling back to uh, calling back to previous seasons to slander on City. I love it. You know, I I do love it. They, they deserve uh, it. They yeah. they win too much. They win too much. They you need to knock them down a little bit. Yeah. Well, speaking of winning, uh, 
fun facts of this match, Trent Alexander-Arnold had a very, very good game. And at just like 23 years old, he's won every single like domestic trophy that he can win. Uh, you know, the Club World Cup, the Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup. Now all it is is, you know, win some international trophies. Ah, that's not happening. For England. No. Yeah, no, no. The U.S. Uh, will win before England does. Yeah. <laughs> that- Oh yeah, but 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 he had a good game. Um, most of Liverpool had uh, very good games, uh, including that that back line. Uh, Henderson, you know, a pretty pretty uh, good game from him. Not something that I would necessarily expect. Not that you know Henderson's a bad player, but you know, he's I don't old. know. He's yeah, old. I was gonna say, like, it's not like he's a world class player uh, anymore. Was he ever? Who knows? No, I don't think so. He's he's he has good leadership, but uh, yeah, good leadership. Uh, but you know who it does have leadership and is world class, uh, Klopp, who unfortunately did beat Tuchel in becoming the first German manager to win the FA Cup, and they have won the, their first FA Cup since 2006. Jack, how exciting is that? Yay! I don't like the circumstances it came about in, and you shouldn't like the one for that they won it before. And no, I know, because, I know, <laughs> I know, hey, I know exactly what happened. I, I see. We, we have a common enemy here. We have a common enemy. <laughs> my, my common enemy is whoever is about to steal Declan Rice the most. And right now that's like Chelsea and Manchester United. So, you know, you know, oh, okay. man. you don't want him to go to Manchester United. That's where careers go to die. For I know. Years. I know. Um, speaking of uh, dying, Chelsea's happiness died because Jack, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks back. Chelsea, because they lost this final, have become the first ever team in the history, in the 100-plus-year history of the FA Cup to go to three consecutive FA Cup finals and lose every single one of them. That When I, when I like, looked that up, because I, I was just curious one day, like, like oh, uh, Chelsea have, like, been to, like, every single FA Cup final in the past, like, you know, through, since 2020. I, I, wonder, I wonder, like, how many other teams can say that. And I'm like, oh, not a lot. And I was like, wait a minute, the teams that have gone to consecutive FA Cup finals, they usually win one. Okay. And Jack, that didn't happen here. How does that feel? How does that I, feel? You know what this, the famous phrase is, uh, fourth time's the charm. So, uh, Ooh, fourth yeah. time's the charm. Okay. We'll make it to, we'll make it to another one. And uh, this time it will be against like Watford and we'll still lose. You still lose, <laughs> still lose. I, I don't care. FA, the FA Cup isn't impro- is nowhere as important compared to the Club World Cup. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows. Club World Cup is way better, much more prestigious. Way much more, more prestigious, way more history, way more teams in it, too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not like the FA Cup is the largest, uh, you know, competition with the most amount of teams in it at all. No. No. Uh, yeah, no, no prestige. I'd, I'd no rather prestige. I'd rather win a, a a trophy where there's less teams. You know, it makes it more special to win it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a crazy. Very, very sad for for Chelsea fans. For me, I, I was actually smiling because I was like, "Wow, this is crazy. This is crazy." Uh, but Jack, on the flip side of this, another FA Cup final happened this past Sunday. This time against Chelsea and Manchester City on the women's side. A lot happier there, thanks to uh, Sam Kerr. I should let the listeners know that uh, Jack Jack's name on Zoom is Jack in parentheses. Sam Kerr stands. So Jack, tell me about the three-two win that Chelsea experienced against Manchester City. 
well, like I said, Sam Kerr is the best player in the world. You sure. know, uh, she she scored twice in this win, uh, scored the opener, followed by Lauren Hemp scoring for City before halftime. Aaron Cuthbert, who's had a really good season for Chelsea so far, uh, scored uh, to give Chelsea the lead. And Haley Rasso scored one minute from the end of 90 to take it to extra time. And of course, who else to come to the rescue of Chelsea but Sam Kerr? Sam Kerr scores the winner in the 99th minute. And uh, Chelsea uh, win the only FA Cup that matters. Uh, so, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty good. Uh, I, I, I was really happy with it. You know, that's two FA Cup trophy wins in a row for Chelsea women. Mm-hmm. Two league title wins in a row for them. You know, two doubles in a row. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's not too bad. Uh, like, sure, sure, the success in the men's game hasn't been as good for the FA Cup, but it, it's been pretty good in the women's game, and that that's really awesome because they they have had an amazing season. Uh, and despite that Champions League uh, exit early on in the group stage, it it allowed them to focus on things domestically. And wow, did they deliver! Uh, Yes, Sam did. Kerr won the Golden Boot two seasons in a row, uh, and there and there were some solid seasons from pretty much everyone on the squad. I I was really happy with with it, and there is so there is some sad news. I believe uh, this is G uh, So So Young's uh, last what? season with Chelsea. I believe she is leaving after this season. Darn. Uh, so yeah, uh, that that's that's too bad because she's she's been really good mm-hmm. uh, for the entire time she's been with Chelsea. Uh, but I I'm excited to see how they do next season because they they they've been awesome and it looks like we didn't even mention it on here, but they're uh, Chelsea have a new owner. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is in our, true. In our, in our notes, <laughs> it's not on there. Uh, Todd uh, Todd Bowley uh, won the won the race to be the owner met with the men's and women's team. And it looks like he's going to continue that investment in both sides of the club, which, it's you know, good. in, in an era where, you know, a lot of teams just focus on the men's side. Uh, that's really good to see uh, I, that he's going to continue the investment in both. Yes. Very happy to hear that. Very happy to see that, you know, Chelsea woman, they're doing well. Uh, uh, you were talking, I was like, wow, two FA Cups in a row. That's a really impressive. I looked at the men's side, I'm like, ah, could have been could have been five in, in three years. That would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. But only only one of those competitions really matters. So it's, exactly. Yeah. It's only one of those competitions really matter. I mean, like like seriously, it, it is a, a huge achievement, as you've said. Uh I, I I don't I honestly don't know if there's been a English women's side who's won the treble. Uh, I, I want to say there has been a team, but I also aren't, I'm, I'm not that uh, well-versed in the Champions League on the women's side. So all I'm saying is that if Chelsea can keep on this trajectory, I could see them potentially winning the, the treble, winning the Champions League. Uh, this year, of course, it's uh, Lyon versus Barcelona. And I have a feeling Barcelona's going to win, but maybe next year Chelsea takes it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Also, I did have it wrong. It was the League Cup that we won two years in a row. So we didn't win the FA Cup, the Women's FA Cup last season, but we that that's still that's still uh, 
two troubles in a row or two doubles in a row. I'll take Yeah, that. that's true. Either way, it, it still works. <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, let's move on from the domestic cup to the Premier League, which is wrapping up here shortly. Uh, a lot of teams have only one game left. Some teams will have a mid-game, uh, mid-week games to a play mid-game. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But there's a lot of very interesting uh, races here. One of them being the relegation race. We have uh, Norwich and Watford confirmed to go down, and their last games are against Chelsea and uh, Tottenham. Very, very tough. They weren't, if it came down to the wire, they probably wouldn't have gotten uh, safety anyways. So who cares? Uh, so right now, the three teams that are at risk for being relegated are in 18th place currently on 34 points. Burnley leads, led by American Jesse Marsh with 35 points in 17th place, and Everton in 36th place. In Jack in 16th place with 36 in 16th place with 36 points. Yes. Thank you, Jack. (laughs) Jack of those three teams, which do you think are most likely to get relegated? Keep in mind, Burnley play Aston Villa Leeds play Brentford and Everton play Crystal Palace uh, as their next games. Burnley, of course, as well as Everton have games in hand. Uh, Newcastle is who Burnley is going to play at home and Everton will be playing Arsenal away. So Jack, if you had to take a pick who who's getting relegated out of that bunch, I think it's going to be Leeds. Sad. I think it, I think it is five thirty eight agrees with you. I should say. Yeah. I mean, Leeds only have one game left, so they don't have like they, they have to win that game. Their, their fate isn't in their own hands. It mm-hmm. is the way to put it really. Uh, they they have to hope that Burnley and Everton lose their games, or right. at least one of them loses games, and lose both of their games. Yeah, well. that's, and they that's have really to tough. And they have to win theirs. Uh, Le- Leeds' last game isn't terrible. Brentford as their final game. Brentford have nothing really to play for, so it could be worse. But I I don't I I still think Leeds. And here's the thing. I don't like Leeds, so I'm trying to be nice to them, but I, I just don't like Leeds at all. So I, I'm silently hoping that they do, even though I would be sad for Jesse Marsh. I would not be sad for the rest of Leeds. I, I do not like Leeds at all. <laughs> yeah, you and a lot of other fans of other teams, uh, they got saved by a last-minute goal against Brighton uh, just uh, mm-hmm. earlier today. If, if, if they didn't score that last goal, I'm, I'm sure that that probably would have been curtains for them. They, they would have been at like what? 34 points. Yep. And with a way worse goal difference than exactly. Exactly. So the fact that they're here right now is pretty impressive, but again, they only have one game left to play. The other have two. It's it, it just really, you know, not in their hands. And Unfortunately, like I, I kept on saying it, like Marcelo Bielsa, if there's a person that's going to save Leeds, it's probably going to be Marcelo Bielsa. And regardless, they probably would have been in a better spot next season had they kept him. And now we're kind of seeing that after effect. I'm not saying that this is Jesse Marsh's fault. I think he did fine given the situation. There's just a lot of factors going against this Leeds team, whether it be injuries or just general player quality 
going or, against them. Or just getting tons of red cards. Tons of red cards. That that's that's why they deserve the nickname Dirty Leads. That's what I'm saying. Uh, sure, sure. They, do you know that they broke the record for most yellow cards in a single Premier League season? That sounds about right. That that honest. sounds like Leeds, doesn't it? Uh, it does it, they have they could cross 100 yellow cards in this season? Actually, no, they have. They're at 100 yellow cards. My bad. Great, good. Uh, they do you want to guess who is in second place for yellow cards? Uh, I and mean, how many they have? Just how many they have, actually. Okay, so how, how, many, how many did Leeds have? A hundred. A hundred? I'm going to go, I mean, the, the, the meme answer is Arsenal. I'm going to go with like something crazy low compared to that. I'm going to go with like 60. It's 79 in Newcastle. Okay. Uh, oh, I could have seen that. Yeah. It, it's, it's so wild, though. Because, but Everton are also doing bad, too, because they got two red cards today. So for the last true. two matches, they're going to be missing those two players combined with all the injuries they still have. So, you know, anything could happen. I would be happy with any of the three teams that are in danger going down. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You got to hope uh, Burnley st- stay up. That, that no, they fired up. Sean Dyche. They don't deserve it. They <sighs> don't deserve true. to stay That's up. That's true. All right. All right. Well, moving up on the table and talking about some Euro- European spots, uh, Wolves and Leicester, unfortunately, for them, uh, I don't care about them. <laughs> they are out of European contention. I say that because just today, uh, because of the West Ham draw, they have confirmed their spot in the Europa Conference League or the Europa League. Let's go, let's go. Honestly, pretty happy with how you know up and down this this you know entire season's been to be confirmed to be in or at least will be in the qualification stages of uh, a European competition. I think that's really cool. Uh, we were very close. <laughs> we held on to this lead to be tied with Manchester United with much better, uh, much better goal difference. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So, for one day and one day only next Sunday, I will be a Crystal Palace fan, hoping that they can hold back Manchester United, and we can do something that we have Jack have never done. In the Premier League, I've talked about this before. West Ham have never beat Brighton in the Premier Wait, League. Really? In nine times in trying, West Ham United has never beaten Brighton, Hove, and Albion. It's in embarrassing. The Premier League, right? In the Premier, if you go back to 2012 when we were both in the Championship, we did beat them. Okay. But you have to go back to 2012 since they came into the league in 2017. I want to say nothing. They, they have taken points from us every single time. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, but that means that we are two points behind Manchester United in the fight for sixth place. Oh, it's so funny to say Manchester United in the fight for sixth place. That <laughs> makes me so happy, Jack. I, it uh, makes me happy too. That, it, that, that, it does. Imagine Cristiano Ronaldo going to like <laughs> North Norway and, and like <laughs> Belarus <laughs> to play to play in Europe. Yes, exactly. That'd be that'd be amazing. Doing, doing the same celebration after each yeah. score. Uh, That'd be amazing. Uh, Jack, you mentioned Chelsea having important two games left to confirm their spot in the Champions League. It's virtually done, but... Uh, they, they need one point from the last two games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, because, uh, I mean, yes, if, if the, it, would, it would be better if we win the next game because then we would be confirmed third, but one point is enough to secure uh, the Champions League. And they play Leicester, who have nothing left to play for, 
and Watford, who have nothing left to play for. Yeah, so, so it's looking really good. It is, and we need to bounce back after after the 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 game that maybe maybe didn't happen against Liverpool. You know, maybe I, maybe, I, maybe didn't. it didn't happen. Maybe it was all in our heads. Um, but yeah, and then and then Tottenham and Arsenal right below yeah. them. Yeah, uh, Tottenham. Yeah, I was just gonna say a huge game happened between them last Thursday. Yeah. North London derby, Tottenham three to Steam zero. Steamroll. Yeah. Really. What was it? A cane race and a, a sun goal. Yep. And that 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 was a huge game. Yes, Tottenham have just one game to play, and Arsenal have you know two, but Tottenham are ahead of Arsenal by two points. Like that that loss that Arsenal suffered was huge and now they might miss out on champions league after what I'll, I'll be honest i'm not a big arteta fan he got extended his contract got extended but i have to admit in the second half of the season he did very very good to get them back on track and to have that slip away at the last minute after a pretty good run of form that's heartbreaking that's heartbreaking for arsenal fans yeah and jack if you had to choose between either the north london teams which one do you think is going to go to the Champions League top four, and I'll let you know what uh what five thirty eight thinks. Uh, it, it's it's tough, but I think that Spurs might have the better chance, just slightly. And the reason why is their last game is against Norwich, who have nothing to play for, right? And are and, and are bad. Yeah, and are bad. Um, Arsenal bad. have to play Newcastle, who, while not terrible or not great or somewhere in between they're they're in between there they're all right uh but their last game is against everton and if everton are in danger of relegation on the last day of the season i would not be wanting to play against a team that is fighting to stay in the premier league on the last yeah. day of the season that is not the position i'd want to be in at all so if if i'm if i'm an arsenal if i'm an arsenal supporter i'm a little worried looking at that so I, I think that they're all going to be cheering for Everton over Crystal Palace yeah. because that would secure them safety. And uh, then Everton have nothing to play for in that last game. So right. that, that's, that's what Arsenal fans need to be hoping for. They need to be Everton fans for, the la- for one week and then switch, to, uh, switch back to Arsenal fans for that last game. But mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like Tottenham might have a slightly better chance uh, 538 agrees with you. They give a 60% chance for Tottenham to go into the Champions League, 40% for Arsenal. And yeah, I mean, according to their simulations, they will tie on uh, points. I, I don't know exactly how they got to that, but 70 points. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work out the math here on that. Uh, yeah, it's impossible, actually. What, does it, what point total does it say they tie on? 70 points like no joke that's not uh, possible <laughs> uh, this might be hmm, this is weird it's an at wait it's an average simulated season okay so it might not be like what's actually happening but yeah but hmm. but because spurs can't get 70 points yeah they, it's can, impossible. they can get 68 69 nice or uh 71 yeah so those are the possibilities. Yeah. Okay. Well, 538 uh, explain your stuff better. I don't know. Explain uh, your math. Show but, your work. But it should be said that Tottenham does have the better goal difference. So if it comes down to that, Tottenham go ahead. So Arsenal are they have to be perfect these last two games. And it's not just Arsenal has to be perfect. It's also Liverpool going up to the title. Manchester City, 90 points. 
getting held back by not other than Lucas Fabianski uh, in, in his past game, which was an absolutely incredible game. I, I checked my heart rate monitor on my Fitbit. Just in, I was in I was in bed and my heart was racing. It was it was crazy. Not exactly the flex I was going for, but you know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was a two to two, uh, game, Jared Bowen, literally the best English winger in the game right now scores a brace in the first half and right at the gate in the second half, it's literally all Manchester city. It was so embarrassing. Jack Grealish was able to score a crazy goal. And then unfortunately one of my favorite players, Sioux fall and own goal. He didn't, he didn't know who was behind him. Still probably could have done better in terms of knocking it away, but he scores an own goal. And uh, the, the other defender who sometimes makes a lot of mistakes, Dawson, concedes a penalty. But we don't concede a penalty because Riyad Mahrez steps up and Lucas Fabianski saves it. I think, I, I don't remember the, the last, another penalty that we conceded since uh, the Chelsea game. So that's, that might be it's the two same in a result row. too. It's it, it was Sufal or not Sufal. It was Dawson who who fouled. Yeah, uh, dude, Dawson, mm, bro. <laughs> but but yes. Uh, regardless of if it was a draw or if we had won, the bottom line is that Manchester City have been staved off, which allows Liverpool. They still have to be perfect. They still have two more games left. Uh, they, they still have to play. Uh, who's they still have to play? Other than Southampton away and Wolves at home. Okay. So, you know, no, could be tricky. Wolves could be tricky. Southampton, you know, could be tricky. Uh, Manchester City play. Who did they Aston play? Villa. Aston Villa. Oh my gosh, bro. Aston Villa. Steven Gerrard as the manager of Aston Villa potentially can give the title to Liverpool on the final uh, day. Imagine, though, if Jack Grealish wins the title for City on the final day. Wow. Wow. Against wow. Villa. Wow. Th- th- there's a lot of things that could be coming into play, a lot of narratives coming on. Bottom line is Liverpool are four points behind. They have to be perfect. They have to be perfect because the goal difference isn't there. The goal difference is not on their side. So they need to be hoping for six points in two games. Manchester City, obviously, they got to be going for uh, the win against Aston Villa. And I'll come down to this. I'm really excited. Jack, I'm going to guess that you think that Manchester City is going to take this just on you know, the point difference alone. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll do it. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose to Aston Villa. So I, I think that that does it for them. Fair, fair. All right. Well, those are those games in the Premier League. Let's talk quickly about a transfer that happened this past week. Uh, Jack, I don't know if you have heard of him, kind of a, an underground player, really, really <laughs> up and comer. Uh, Erling Holland played his final game for Borussia Dortmund uh, because he is on his way to his father's side, actually. Uh, yeah. Manchester City and Jack. A lot of debate, like a surprising amount of debate is going on right now about whether or not he's going to be successful with City. So, Jack, can I get an over under his his goals? Let's let's put put it at, you know, uh, well, who is the golden boot winner uh, in the Premier League? Uh, Just uh, okay, 22. So, Salah's 22 right now. 
Can I get an over under 15 goals from Erling Holland with Manchester City next year in the Premier League? Over. T- taking over? Okay. Over. W- w- could, will you consider him a golden boot candidate? Yeah, I, I would. I, okay. I, know, I know there's some skepticism about him, but look there's at his some, record in the Champions League. There's some skepticism from Chelsea. I don't know if you, you, you saw that. I, I know. I, I did see it. Okay. Okay. Chelsea's record on, on strikers is horrendous. That, this is true. <laughs> Think of, think of the last time Chelsea made a good decision on a striker. Uh, I can tell you what it is. It was Olivier Giroud. I knew you were going to say that. that I knew you were going to say that. That's the last good striker we had. That, that's what I'm, that's, uh, people might say Diego Costa. No, it's, it's Olivier Giroud. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, he's going he's gonna to be good. Look at his record in the Champions League. He, he, he was amazing in there. Uh, I think he will fit in just fine at City. The one thing that we have said they've been missing this entire time is an elite poacher as a striker. Gabriel Jesus is a striker, but he's not a poacher. What he is, is he's the kind of person who drops back and hooks up play, which is fine. Uh, but they really needed that person to, who has that finishing instinct, right? And I think that's exactly what they've gotten. So I, I, I think like, you know, Dortmund did not do well in the Champions League. Holland is a big reason why they didn't do well because he only played in three games, but guess how many goals he scored in the champions league he scored three in the in yeah. season one for every one for every game he played. And then if you look at the other two seasons, he's played in the champions league, 20 goals. He has 23 goals in three seasons in the champions league. That those, those are insane numbers. However you slice it. Uh, he he's a machine and I think he is going to do great in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree. A lot of the criticism that people are bringing up that I think is well founded is the fact that when you look at Bundesliga to Premier League in terms of quality, it is true that Premier League defenders I think are a bit better. There's less space to work with, which means that you kind of have to take what chances you can get. You have to, you know, move to a play style that suits the Premier League more, which I don't think he's at right now. I think that can change. And I think that maybe this first season, maybe the first couple of months, maybe just the first couple of weeks are going to be a bit slower from him. It's not going to be like Erling Holland takes over Britain and his, they put posters and flags of his face everywhere because he's just destroyed the entire country. I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't, I don't think so. I think Manchester City are in a, a favorable spot to win the entire Premier League and perhaps other competitions, but I don't think it's going to be as clear cut as some people are saying because of those, so let's say, tactical differences between teams, between leagues. I, I don't think it's a hot take. I will say, however, I will also take the over. Even if it was on like 17 or 18 goals, I might take the over still just because he's that good. Maybe. He, yeah. He's a good player. I, I think, <laughs> I think the, the, the key thing is like people were like, well, Timo Werner came from the Bundesliga and he didn't do well. I think Timo Werner's play style relied a lot more on that space yeah. behind the defense. Holland is just a really strong, tall, physical player. Who, yeah. And I think that actually suits the Premier League pretty well. So yeah. I, I think that he is going to have an easier time adapting than Timo Werner, for example. And, and not that Austria and Germany are miles different, 
but in terms of quality, he was able to step up from uh, RB Salzburg to Borussia Dortmund almost seamlessly. Timo Werner, on the other hand, went from what Stuttgart to Leipzig. Leipzig. Okay, yeah, Leipzig, and that's obviously in the same league, so it's a you know big difference there. So if anything, Holland knows like the level that he can play at. He has risen to the occasion more than once. So I think that. If there's anyone that could do it, it's him. Timo Werner is not a good comparison, as you said. All right, Jack, before we close out on England, because we've talked a lot about them, let's talk about the championship playoffs. We already know that Fulham and Bournemouth have secured a qualification to next year's Premier League season, but we still have one other team to go through. Sheffield United versus Nottingham Forest in one semifinal. Huddersfield Town and Luton Town in the other. Jack, this is a, these are some good teams, like not just oh, yeah. good as in like good quality teams, but fun teams that you would enjoy seeing either back in the Premier League or in the Premier League period. Uh, we have concluded two, uh, two of those games. I mean, the first leg of those two semifinals. One more to play. Jack, I want to hear... The results of these games, obviously, because you know more, know more about it than me, but also who you want to win and who you think is actually going to win the last qualification spot. Huh. I wonder who I want to win. Uh, it's not like I'm wearing <laughs> a Nottingham Forest jersey right now. I, huh. I, yep. <laughs> I, I set you up for that. So, Jack, yeah. <laughs> Nottingham Forest beat Sheffield United away from home 2-1. to one, And now they're going... going uh, on the home leg ahead, how do you feel about that first leg? How do you feel about their chances going all the way to the final and beyond? Oh, I think I, I know I not only want them to win, I think they will win. Okay. Gain promotion to the Premier League. Uh, they turn their season around. I remember at the beginning of this season, we were talking about them as potentially being relegated. But then Steve Cooper came in, former Swansea boss. Yeah, great guy. And he completely turned this team around and it, this team is unrecognizable from the one that was playing earlier in the season. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Uh, Jed Spence, their right back or right wing back is incredible. I'm not sure if you saw any of them when he played in the FA cup at all, but he, he is a really good player. And if, if Nottingham force don't go up, he is going to the premier league somehow. He, he is, I, I, I'm almost, 100% sure of it uh, because he is just a really, really good player. Uh, Philip Zinkernagel didn't have the best game in, uh, in this playoff match. Still, still done pretty well. Brennan Johnson has been huge for them. He scored in this game. Uh, and Bryce Samba has been pretty solid as well. Uh, solid enough to keep Ethan Horvath out of the, out of the spot for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheffield United. It took them quite a bit to score, and it was a very close range goal. Uh, it was a header from a corner from about one yard out. Uh, Sander Burge, who I, I, I've got to admit, I was a little wrong. I, I, I said that once Sheffield United were getting relegated last season, that he was out on his way out. He stayed, and he is probably one of their most important players this season. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens in the second leg, but given that Nottingham Forest have the advantage, and I believe 
away goals are still active in the championship playoffs. I believe so. Uh, that gives them a huge advantage there. You know, uh, I, I think they'll win that one. But Ludentown versus Huddersfield Town is also a pretty fun matchup. Uh, we had we had um, we had a goal first from Huddersfield Town. Uh, that was uh, Sinani Daniel Sinani, a Luxembourg player who has played oh, wow. pretty, who has played all right for Huddersfield Town. He is on loan from Norwich City. Uh, he came up big where it mattered here. And but then uh, 30 minutes in Sonny Bradley, 29 year old English left uh, center back did score for Luton Town and Luton are a relatively small team with a really small uh, squad value. Very small, historically small, which makes it cool that they're this far in. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't think they're going to make it through to the final. Darn. It would be cool if they did, but I don't think they will. You know, I, I, I rate a lot of Huddersfield town squad. Plus they have uh, a player who should get a call up to the U S men's national team, Dwayne Holmes. Dwayne uh, Holmes, Sure. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he should. He's been playing really well for Huddersfield town. Uh, and uh, you, there's also a recognizable name in the back line there. Jonathan Hogg, very famous for yes, uh, sir. Watford's, Watford's goal <laughs> against Leicester. Uh, he, he plays for Huddersfield Town. It would be awesome if maybe he could recreate some magic in a championship playoff. That would be, that would be really incredible to see. But I think it's going to be Huddersfield Town versus Nottingham Forest in the final, uh, which, hey, I, I, don't, I don't mind the result of that too much because a U.S. player goes up to the Premier League either way. Oh, wow, that. that's true. So, uh, but I think Nottingham Forest yeah. will do it. Steve Cooper was a really good manager. And, and, and just so much history with that club. You want to see yeah. him back, right? I mean, hey, the, the badge has two stars on it for the two European Cups they won in exactly. a row. In a row. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty big. Not, not, yeah. many clubs win two, not many clubs win two European trophies, much less win two in a row. Yeah. Uh, so but that's, that's pretty big. I, I think they deserve to be back in the Premier League. And I, I would love to see it because we already have two clubs that have been in the Premier League, like in recent memory. Yeah, uh, going up. It would be. She- I, she- yeah, I, I, just, I don't want. I don't want. I just, basically, I just don't want Sheffield United to go up. We we've seen them already. We've seen them. Get get some new faces in there. And yes, I know Huddersfield Town was. Yeah, I was gonna say, season, but. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to see Huddersfield Town either. Like I, I don't know if it's just like their badge or whatever, but I'm just like ah, they're a the badge team. isn't good. No, the badge it's isn't not. good. Nottingham Forest is iconic. That, oh, it, it's yeah. absolutely lovely. And just the fact that Town, I think, have like a 1.5 million pound budget or a team value or whatever. Like, that's just crazy. If they were to make it to the Premier League, they get stomped. They get absolutely stomped. But it would yeah. be fun to watch them get stomped. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. That's the championship. Let's move on to some other countries uh, as we round out this episode, starting with uh, the lovely Germany. Great place, I assume. Never been. Uh, let's start off. Let's start off with actually the DFB Pokal, which happens this upcoming week. It just so happens to be uh, a participant from the last edition of the final, RB Leipzig, Taking on SC Freiburg. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. 
it's going to be uh, an interesting, I said interesting again, but it will be an interesting match because Freiburg, fun fact, I don't think I've ever won the DFB Pokal and RB Leipzig have been runners up a couple times in the past four years. So both teams are looking to win this title. It's going to be in Berlin in the Olympia Stadion. And Jack Freiburg, hey, they had like a pretty good season. They are going to the Europa League. They have, they have a goalkeeper that I rate very, very highly. Do you think that they have what it takes to defeat RB Leipzig or is RB Leipzig's second half of the season form too much for them? I want to hear your scoreline predictions for this final. Yeah, well, these two teams have been evenly matched this entire season. 1-1 draws both games. Uh, so they're, they're both really good teams, and I, li- and I like both of them. Mm, actually, no, I like one of them. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I liked some of the players from RB Leipzig, but then they sold yeah. them all. So um, I, I want Freiburg to win. I do, because it would be so cool, because the only trophies they've ever won have been the two, the two Bundesliga. That's it. They, they have not won. Wow. Like you, they haven't won another senior or to senior top level trophy. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> sure. Right. sure. Uh, so I would love to see them win it. It would be cool. Uh, I feel like RB Leipzig might be a little tough for them to take down, but I feel like they have like that willpower to, to want. I feel like they might want it more. Sure. That, that's not, that's such a cliche. Uh, it's so cringe. cliche. But I, I also but I, I I think I think the world is on Freiburg's side. I think I think they really are. I think so. Will I care either which way? No, because I, I would like to see Tyler Adams win some silverware with RB Leipzig. I think he deserves it. SC Freiburg, very, very uh good team. I can't wait to see what they do in the Europa Liga uh, next year. And yeah, I guess I will be pulling for Freiburg. But again, I don't really care. I will be excited to watch this game, though. A, a, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, contradictions on my part. But all this to say, it should be a fun game. Everybody go watch it. And yeah. All right, let's move on to the Bundesliga because that actually wrapped up. Everyone knows that they only have 18 teams, so they're able to wrap things up a little bit early and focus on whatever else they got to do, you know, like this uh, DFE Pokal coming up. Uh, Bayern Munich, we already mentioned, won this league. Dortmund came in second. Leverkusen in third. Very impressive season from them. I feel like they haven't really been up to their standards, like where they were in, let's say, 2017, 2018, 19. Uh, But now they're back in the Champions League. Good for them. RV Leipzig rounds up the top four. And then two teams that I'm very, very happy are in the Europa League spots, Union Berlin. You know what? They just came into the league uh, in the, uh, you know, top Bundesliga 2019, 2020. Yeah. And, you know, in fifth place very very close to potentially scratching a fourth place they were one point behind rb leipzig good amount of goal difference behind but still very very close uh fc colon rounds up seventh place uh but that's not you know that's cool and all i want to talk about what's really interesting and it's the relegation because vfb stuttgart against all odds have survived not against all odds they're, they're a pretty good team uh, led by, I should say, American Pellegrino Matsu- Ma- Matarazzo, yes, 
And it wasn't until the 90 plus second minute in their game against FC Cone where they solidified their safety because it was one to one going into a stoppage time. And Wataru Endo of Stuttgart scores a header to win it, which means that they catapulted themselves up from 16th place to 15th place because they beat Hertha Berlin on goal difference. They're both on 33 points and they go out ahead. You know, everyone's screaming like, like after the, the, the game ended, they stormed the field. The head coach went wild. Everyone's every, everyone's like crying and stuff. Cause they're, they, they're still in the, in the, the Bundesliga. It's crazy. But that does mean that Hertha Berlin are in 16th. And for those of you who don't know, that doesn't mean that they're relegated. It means they go into a relegation playoff with uh, the third place team of the two Bundesliga, which just so happens to be Hamburger SV, a name that I love so much and a, 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 a crest that I love so much. It's, it's just like a, a flag, like a rectangle. It's fun. Uh, but Jack, Hertha Berlin potentially getting relegated. I don't have a question to ask. I just got to be like, how about that, huh? Yeah, that, that would be wild, you know, uh, because they were doing pretty good in seasons past, if I'm remembering correctly. You'd be correct. Uh, like, what? where were they in? They Actually, no, they were 14th last season. And then they they were 10th before that. Yeah, exactly. 11th, you know, they they were mid-table. At yeah, they're, they're not a relegation club. That's the thing. Yeah, and... I don't know. It has not been a season up to standards for them. That that that's saying that's putting it lightly. Uh, their top goal scorer, I believe, has like how how many goals does he have? Six goals. That, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. That that's that, that, that's <laughs> what I gotta say. That that's about it. Um. It's just bad. Uh. I. It's it's a very rare that the third place Bundesliga two team beats the Bundesliga team. I feel like Hamburger SV might give Hertha Berlin a run for their money. Yeah, I, I think if there's any, if there has been any year where it's been very close, I think this is it. Hamburger SV, of course, like turned their season around the two Bundesliga. Hertha Berlin, yes, they lost to was it Mainz and Dortmund uh, the past two weeks, but they were able to beat you know some bottom feeders like uh, Armenia Bielefeld. I think it is a team that they beat mm-hmm. and no, uh, they drew with them. Drew, yeah, uh, and beat what Augsburg? I'm going off. No, they, but, uh, they or yeah, oh yeah, they they beat Augsburg. In my okay, mind. yeah, so so it, they're able to beat mid level uh, teams, and they, they've gotten that form back up. Lost to you know Dortmund and Mainz, but still. You know, that should be enough to beat third place team in a division below you. But it's going to be close. Uh, keep Everyone should keep in mind that it is a, a two-legged affair. So Hamburg SV will get their shot at home, which if you know anything about German fans, they will show up. So interesting, interesting. All right. Well, that's going to be a crazy, crazy uh, two games there. Also crazy is that Lewandowski wants out of Bayern Munich. Uh, Lewandowski and Bayern Munich have been almost synonymous the past couple of years with how dominant they have both been on the personal side and, of course, on the team side. And now 
Barcelona want Lewandowski. And so, Jack, two-part question. Uh, Lewandowski leaving Bayern, how much does that affect Bayern in the next coming seasons? And Lewandowski to Barcelona, assuming that it's a team-friendly contract just on play alone, how does that affect Barcelona? Uh, well, it helps Barcelona, for sure. Really? Uh, That's crazy. That I, I, I mean, it's still Lewandowski, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, at the end of the day, he he is the he's going to win the European Golden Boot this season, yeah. like without a doubt. He he scored thirty five goals in thirty four games, and the crazy thing is that's a slow season for him. Like that that's the crazy thing about that as well. Thirty because he scored forty was it exactly forty or forty one goals last season? I, I want to say it's forty one. He 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 beat a Miller's goal yeah <laughs> record yeah right. So like that thirty five goals is a slow season for him. He's 35 or 34, but he doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Uh, I, I think that Lewandowski, honestly, I think he probably should have, going back on it, I think he should have won the Ballon d'Or last season as well. Uh, and I think he has a claim to win this one, but unfortunately, Benzema looks too good, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I, I, it's, it, it, it might hurt Bayern a little bit. That, that's, that's, that's putting it lightly. It's going to hurt Bayern uh, because their next top score is Serge Gnabry with 14 goals. Mm-hmm. Like there is a pretty solid drop off between there. He contributed to about a third of their goals over the course of the season, a little bit over that. Uh, they, they're going to struggle to replace them because how many replacements do you see that are on the level of Lewandowski? that are available on the market. Not a lot, if at all. Yeah. Apparently I I heard a rumor that apparently uh, Timo Werner might be a candidate for, for which I mean, he did well in the Bundesliga before. Yeah. Uh, Could, could still be very good there. Uh, But they'll struggle to replace him. They will. Uh, I, I do think it would be good for Barcelona though. It, especially if they can sign him without like breaking the bank great business for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I, this is, this is so tough because you look at Bayern and yes, even, even like a lot of their other players are good, but they're going to be losing Neuer soon. He's getting up there. Mueller soon. He's getting up there. Lewandowski, he's leaving apparently, or at least not resigning and wants out. It's going to be so tough. I wouldn't be surprised if Bayern Munich take a step back. But then again, the gap between them and everyone else is so large that maybe it, it, I'm not saying it's seamless, but maybe they're able to find, I don't know, Timo is not a great answer, but I feel like they'll, they'll be able to find or scrounge up goals somewhere else easily. On Barcelona's side, obviously this guy, what do you, well, I, don't, I don't know what to say, right? I mean, it's obviously good. Uh, to have Lewandowski on your team. I was actually just like looking through the, the, the Reddit thread about it, looking at like what other teams could possibly sign him. Cause he's obviously going to ask for a pretty large transfer fee. Maybe not cause he's old, but definitely like large contract. And I don't know, Arsenal perhaps Chelsea, if they have a lot of money to throw around, I don't know. Like th- th- there's just not a lot of teams that can afford Lewandowski, but every single team wants Lewandowski. There, I mean, there, there's there, there's no analysis here to say 
other than he's a good player and every team should want him if they can afford him. Like I I'd happily take him at Chelsea. You know, I, I I know I would. Yeah. You, you you and literally you and your new owner, I bet. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Like it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. Let's move on from Germany and Lewandowski leaving Bayern Munich and instead talk about Inter Milan winning the Copa Italia 4-2 over Juventus. Alexandro and Vlahovic score in two minutes in the 50th and 52nd minute uh, to you know, give Juventus the lead after Barella of, of Inter scores uh, to give them the early lead. And at this point, it's looking uh, pretty good. Inter uh, score two penalties, uh, one in regular time to tie it, one in uh, extra time to give the lead, and Paris said she scored uh, the latter penalty. Scores again in the 102nd minute to ice it for Inter, who I want to say haven't won it in quite a while. More than 10 years, I want to say. I'm uh, looking at um yeah, last time was 2011. So wow, oh, let's go. I know. I I know my trivia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a crazy, crazy game. Uh, Juve, of course, not ha- has not had the greatest of seasons. Has turned around a little bit, but for sure, after you know, Inter has not had a, also the greatest title defense. Probably going to lose it to AC Milan. To get some silverware is really cool for them. Again, I don't really care. Uh, Jack, what do you think about Inter beating Juve? I know you're not a big Juve fan, so this must be at least kind of cool for you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Inter either. But you know, it, it's it's better than Juve winning silverware, in my opinion. So I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was a good performance. Perisic was great. Uh, do you want to know what makes it better though? The fact that. Uh, Perisic is rumored to uh, is linked with Chelsea currently. Oh wow! And Perisic is a good player. Yeah, great I, player. And would be a fantastic backup left wing back to Chilwell. Oh wow! I am so done with Marcus Alonso. I'm so done with him. I can't stand him. Uh, I, I think if Perisic comes to Chelsea, he starts in some capacity, right? Oh, he he he'll definitely get some starts. He'll he'll 100 start in like. I'd say most cup games at, at yeah. the very least. He's he's up there, but he's still quality. Yeah, obviously. He, he is. And he, he would be a good attacking option as well. Mm-hmm. I would love to have Perisic at the club. Oh, it, wow. would, it would be great. Yeah. Uh, plus, he would link up well with Mateo Kovacic in midfield. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 would, I would be really excited for that. Are too excited about this SMH? <laughs> I don't know. I, I would, I would be, that would be like one of my favorite signings, I think it, because it's, it, I'm getting too far into Chelsea, right? We can. Yeah. I was going to say, we're, we're talking <laughs> about Juve and Inter Milan here. I don't know how, I don't know how we got on Chelsea again. But. My, my bad. My bad. I, I, want, <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to talk about something positive for Chelsea, sure. uh, but uh, it was, it was, it was a really entertaining game, uh, but that's what you get with cup games. You know, this was a back and forth game. Uh, but I, I was I was full, I was engaged with this game. It was really fun to watch. Uh, wasn't wasn't so fun for me for the 28 minutes that Juve were leading in. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was a, it was a, a solid game. I, I'm I'm excited to see what Inter do next season uh, because 
you know, they their their squad is good, but it's also getting up there in age. I think uh, if if I'm remembering everything correctly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you have you have Jekko who's old. I I feel I feel like your corner pieces going forward are going to be like some Latoro Martinez, uh, Barella, who is still 25. And then outside of that, I feel like you have a lot of moving pieces that can come and go. Obviously you have some transfers that they have brought in recently that fit in, but you know, when you bring in the likes of Jekko and you have older players like Parasic who can do a good job, but aren't going to be like, the out and out stars from here on out, you kind of have to put in some replacements. And we know that Inter are going through a, a financial, not so much crisis, but definitely a, a little bit of downturns why they had to sell a lot of players last season to continue on this trend of winning these trophies requires some amount of investment. And that might mean that a little bit of downturn happens, a little bit of players that you think are really good. Uh, and fit really well, have to be sacrificed. Uh, I should say, like, Skriniar is probably another player that is a player you build around in defense, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and also, I, I want to add in, um, Allegri got sent off as well with a red card because yeah. he was too mad at the celebrations for Inter when they scored their fourth goal. Uh, he That's he funny. got really mad on the sideline. And so he got red carded. It was a real Jose Mourinho moment. You know, that, that's, that, that, that's Mourinho level type stuff right there. That is very, very funny. Uh, speaking of uh, Juve and Allegri, I am not mad at all about where Juve is heading to, to kind of shift gears into talking about Syria as a whole. Uh, we look at Inter looking like it's going to be second place for them potentially. Uh, but Juve... To, to talk about them and their squad for a lot of the season did not look like they could make the champions league. They were kind of in that mid table zone. And now obviously they have, you know, qualified for the champions league out fourth place after kind of a tumultuous, tumultuous season is pretty impressive. And I, I like where this squad is going. Obviously getting Blahovic is a huge, huge help. One of, you know, the best U23 strikers in the entire world right now stays in-house in Italy, goes to Juventus. That's obviously going to help them, help them in this game even. Uh, but you have a lot of really good, you know, spots, a lot of good squad members here. Uh, they brought in Locatelli. Maybe not has been, not, wasn't the biggest contributor as a lot of people would have liked or thought him to be. Still very, very good. I, I would not call him a flop at all uh, as some people. I don't even know who's saying that, but, you know, uh, but you also have players like Dybala that, that work well with them. Uh, Quadrado, uh, obviously have a lot of enforcing injured players, uh, but like Chiesa, I, I like where the squad is going. They got fourth place. Napoli, as Jack has mentioned before, just always seem to choke. They get, get, they get third place. Uh, Lazio and Roma, the two Romans asides, look like they're going to be wrapping up the fifth and sixth spots. Unless of course, Fiorentina has something to say about it or unless Atlanta has something to say about it. Jack, I know we've been avoiding talking about them for a while, but right now in the, in the race for uh, Europa league spots, Lazio 
pretty much have it locked down. So it's Roma, Fiorentina, Atalanta, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Eighth place gets nothing. Seventh gets Europa Conference League. Europa League is for sixth place. Jack, Atalanta. If you look at the predictions, a lot of people had, including five three, including us, Atalanta, second, third, mm-hmm. up there. A second half just was not it. And now they're in eighth place. Jack, how does that feel? How does that feel? This is what happens when you sell all of your best players and let them go <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> this is what happens. Selling Alejandro Gomez for $2 million to Sevilla. That's what happens. Letting Robin Gosens, regarded as one of the best left wingbacks in the world, leave for $1 million to your rival in Inter Milan. That's what happens. This is, this is what happens when you make deals like that. Like, yes, I know Atalanta for a long time, their business has been, you know, produce good players and sell them off. And also, I know Gosens isn't for like a million, but I, I, it, it, it felt like it was sure. way too low for, for what it should have been. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, just wa- I just wanted them to keep those players because they would have been so much better off if they had. I am so worried because they're, they're, we have like some good players like, you know, Pasolic and Coop Miners and Luis Murillo, uh, but especially Pasolic and Coop Miners. I'm so worried that that Atalanta are just going to sell off like Pasolic for like a two a a, a two dollar profit or something. They're like good business. Gosh. Uh, I I I hope that Fiorentina choke these last two games. To be fair, they're not on great form right now. They're not. They, they they've they've taken three points from their last 15 possible so but they still at the end of the day they still have two games in hand that is true compared to uh, atlanta and roma's one game in hand that one of them is against juventus and for one day i will be cheering for juventus okay uh and then Samp they have to play sampdoria away and sampdoria are not great but they also need that win to avoid relegation so right i I, basically, I, what, I, what I need is for Fiorentina to take one point, really, at, at most from these last two games, and Atalanta to win their last game. Uh, they, they play Empoli, who have nothing to play for. They're not in danger of being relegated. They can't get into Europe. So, please, <laughs> give me the Conference League, at least for them. Uh, I'll take oh. it. I'll take it. I, I mean... Sure, uh, Atlanta. I, I feel like Atlanta are not out of it. Five thirty eight has them as a fifty seven percent chance of staying where they are in eighth place. Oh. But oh, when you look at the stats, it's not like they're bad. In fact, they are in the top five for things like goals per match, uh, expected goals, shots on target, tenths, whatever, big chances created, second place. Jack, like what necessarily is the issue here because they score a good amount of goals yes they you know concede a fair amount but no more than let's say Lazio or Fiorentina who they're behind is it really just a player quality thing like what fell apart here in the season the defense uh because do you know how many defenders Atalanta have uh uh, probably like a standard maybe eight maybe they have five 
Oh, they have that's, five a, that's less than eight. I'll be honest. Yeah, and they play a three-back system. Oh, wow. And when Raphael Deloy got injured, uh, it, when he gets injured, the defense falls apart. I uh, see. And, you know, they, they have, they have Demiral, who's been very good. Uh, but most of the defenders are kind of old. Raphael Deloy is 31. Palomino's 32. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Scalvini, who's only 18. So you have, you have like Jim C, who's 29, and Demiral, who's 24, trying to hold down the defense. But they just don't have the defensive depth to compete at this. And they need some more center backs. They really need more center backs is the main thing. Uh, I, 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 just, I, I just want to see uh, some center backs come in. And if we can have that, then I think, I think they'll be fine. All right. All right. Uh, we talked about Fiorentina a little bit. Uh, Roma, who are in contention to lose out on the Europa League spot. And they have a good squad, obviously. They have a good manager in Mourinho. Uh, they do have the Europa Conference League final because they are in the final just three days after this ultimate game uh, against Torino. So if we're looking at Atalanta's chances, I wouldn't be surprised if Roma maybe put out a weaker squad. I wouldn't say Mourinho rates the conference league more than the actual league. So I can't really say that's going to happen, but there is something to say about Roma having to split time between a competition that if they win, they, they'll make it to the Europa league. They'll be the first ever winners of the conference. league. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. So wh- whatever we see this Sunday can inform what happens in that conference league final they still only have one game uh, in hand compared to uh, Fiorentina's two. And I think that's why 538 has Fiorentina currently ahead in the predictions in that sixth place spot. A lot can change, obviously. And I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, All righty. So that is that Europa League spots. Uh, Moving down to the relegation race, Venezia, Unfortunately for Busio and Tesman, and I think they're the only Americans there. They signed a lot of Americans. Uh, they get relegated last place. Wasn't going to happen. Uh, but the relegation race here, Genoa, uh, Cagliari, and Asal Nernitana. Ooh, wow. I'm so sorry. Genoa, Cagliari, and Salernitana. Ah, so you you hesitate too, so I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like if I had to guess, Cagliari and Genoa are the ones to be relegated. Looking at the games that they have left, 37 uh, games played. Genoa plays uh, Bologna next. Not exactly, you know, pushovers, but not the best team. Uh, Venezia and Cagliari are actually playing. So, ooh, man, this actually can be crazy. And Udinese and uh, Salernitana. Salernitana. Salernitana, yes. That, I think, ooh, that's actually really tough. Oh, man. I, I, I can also see Cagliari making it out just based on, you know, Venezia's form and also the fact that they have a better goal difference compared to everyone else. So except Genoa. I, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the case here that 
I think it's going to stay how it is. And I think Salernitana is going to escape. And do you want to know why? Why? So going back to April 10th, April 10th, they had 16 points. They were dead last in the league. They have not lost since April 10th. Are you serious? They have not lost. They have picked up 15 points from the last one, two, three, four, five, seven games. They have picked up 15 points in those last seven games. That's pretty good. And almost as many as they had in the other <laughs> 30 games. That's, that, that's crazy, considering that these are not even pushovers. I'm, I'm seeing Atalanta here. I'm seeing uh, Fiorentina here. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know a lot about this team, given the fact that I can't even pronounce their name. Uh, but I would love to learn more about what has caused like the success from since Saturday, April 6th. They've, they've I undefeated. believe uh, it's, it's a bit of a new manager bounce. They got a new manager in February, in late February, 2022. Okay. So he, I think he, Davide at Nicola has been very good for them. Uh, and, you know, I, I would love to see them escape the drop because that's kind of an insane story that they, the end of the season that they have had is nothing short of incredible. Uh, I, I would love to see them escape it because it, it would just make for a good story. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would really enjoy it. I would really enjoy it if they, if they made it out of it, but, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to put that in, in, in focus because it's, it's just really cool that, they, that they've been able to do that. Yeah, I, I could definitely see them staying up. Very interesting race down there. Even more interesting, I think, is what's happening on top, of course. Milan and Inter Milan. 83 points for AC Milan. 81 points for Inter Milan. With one game left, AC Milan plays away to Sassuolo. Not an easy match. By any means, Hasuolo has had their fair share of upsets, has had their fair share of good results. Inter are at home to Sampdoria, which are in 16th place. So a lot of craziness can happen. That being said, I, I'm, if I remember correctly, Serie A is not a goal difference tiebreaker league. It goes down to head-to-head, which is something that I have mentioned before, AC Milan lead over Inter Milan. So if it comes down to it, if AC Milan draw at all, Inter Milan will lose on a tiebreaker if they win out. So for that reason, Jack, I'm going to go with AC Milan winning. And it's been very consistent from them. A lot of really good transfers uh, helped in part with Inter Milan's kind of retooling of the season. But you look at the likes of Mike Mignon. You look at the likes of Taylor Hernandez, who has been incredible. Uh, you, you look at all these amazing Kessie. You, you look at Tonali. You look at Giroud or whatever. I don't even know who that is. Laton. Mm. Don't know who you that mean, is. You mean the goat, Olivier Giroud? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> but but these are these are players that have contributed a lot to this team. That have you know given their all. Yes, they didn't really have a lot to worry about beyond uh, the league for you know a good good portion of this season, uh, but still, to get to this point, to have our th- the third different 
winner of this league in three seasons. That's really, really cool. Again, all this to say that Inter Milan, they did take a, a mighty step back from seasons from last season. They had a lot of good players, but still it was not at that same level. We have a competitive season here. That's really cool to see. And a lot of that comes down to what AC Milan has done to bring players in and to get them playing where they're at. They didn't score the most amount of goals. 66 is actually very small compared to Inter, compared to even Napoli, even Lazio. Even the goals conceded has been not that impressive. 31 is tied for the lowest amount, but that is, you know, not exactly far away from where Inter and Napoli have been, but it, it it's just been consistent. You look at their records in their uh, games, it's one to zero wins, grinding out big, big wins, like back in March against Napoli, getting uh, uh, the, the, the win against, uh, against Inter Milan, getting these, even sometimes zero zero draws that, that help them. And a lot of that comes down to a, Really, really good uh, defense from the likes Teo Hernandez, their top scorer, Rafael uh, Liao, 11 goals, followed by Giroud. I don't even know who that is. Uh, but Disrespecting the goat. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it's just been a well-oiled machine, and I have absolutely loved the Serie A season. I, I can remember back in episodes past just being like, hey, guys, watch Serie A. Oh, oh uh, the Milan Derby is coming up. Everyone should go watch it. Like, it, like it, It's been a joy to watch. And I can confidently say I think AC Milan are going to win this. Is that what I said earlier this season? You'll have to find out till next week where I go over the fact that I probably guess Juventus or some BS. I don't know. Like, uh, whatever. I- I, I'm pretty sure we both predicted one of the Milan teams to do it. I think so too. I'm I may feel like said, we both said Inter though. Yeah, I, I, I was like gonna we say we did. Yeah, but Jack AC Milan. I'm guessing we both think that they're going to win. I feel like I feel like for the most part for these predictions we kind of stayed on what it's already like in place here, but more so for this, right? Yeah, I mean, there's only one scenario in which Inter Milan win. And it's they win their last game and Milan lose. That is the only scenario. Yeah. If any other combination of results happens, doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, I, I'd say that it's a very small possibility. A, a, it's, it's very unlikely that, uh, that Inter pip their city rivals to the title. Yeah. Which is unfortunate for them. I'm sure that there'll be big Sassuolo fans this upcoming weekend, but such is life. I'm just excited to see more teams win this league. I'm pulling for, I'm not a big Fiorentina fan after some things have happened off the field, but I'm hoping for more teams to pull through. I don't even really have like a favorite Italian team. I guess right now it's, it's Juve because they have Weston McKenney, but I, I'm just really glad that this season has been really, really exciting. So yeah. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm not actually a Juve fan. The second Weston McKenney leaves, or like there's no Americans on the team, I couldn't care less. I like I, I will just I'll just enjoy them as a neutral. I will not have any pulling support because uh, even if I don't care, like I, I care about like how good and fun the games are. And Juve tend to be good, but I won't have any pulling support for them. I promise, Jack. I promise. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could join Atlanta and be in pain constantly. <laughs> no, honestly, I'll probably just pick like some random like team like. 
like whatever team kind of represents like the West Ham, Minnesota United pain the most, I'll be like, oh, I, I've always been an Udinese fan. Boy, know. do I have a team for you. If you no, it's not, it's not at Atlantic. I, I, I feel like I feel like it has to be like worse and like we have to play. You have to play like uglier football. Uglier um, and and I feel like it, it it would be Lazio, but I also can't support that. No, so. you can't you can't support Lazio. That's, yeah, that's what I call them because it's accurate. It's um, accurate. Okay. Well, let's quickly go over the two other countries that don't have they're, they're more boring. Yeah, I, I was gonna say they are a little bit more boring. But Real Madrid, we already talked about. Or did we talk about them winning? La Liga? Yeah, they, yeah, they. They it was won a four, the league. It, yeah. it was never in doubt. It was a That's, foregone conclusion. Real Madrid, congratulations for another title. Vinicius Junior, uh, no, I'm number one on his hype train. He's been he's been great. I I feel like I feel like even before this podcast, when I like post on r slash soccer, it's like on Twitter when they signed him from Brazil, I was like always, always on on the hype train. So really glad he and Benzema have done well. Barcelona, despite being literally mid table, like dead mid table in like December have come yeah. back and secured second place uh, in La Liga. Very, very impressive season from them. Xavi has done a pretty good job of some rough patches here and there, but overall a good return of form that kind of tells us a little bit of a, a, a rebrand, a, a rebuild is happening slowly, but surely maybe in faster, but definitely going to be a multi-year process to get up to uh, Real Madrid as there was a, is that currently a 12 point gap? Who knows what's going to happen next? Atletico Madrid also has confirmed their spot in the Champions League. Sevilla, it's likely almost certain that they're going to get the Champions League spot. They are three points ahead of Real Betis and it's Real Betis and Real Sociedad uh, fighting for the Europa League and Europa Conference League spot. I think, uh, yeah, Real Sociedad in sixth place is currently in that Conference League spot. Real Batiste in that fifth place uh, Europa League spot. And Jack, do you know who they're pl- playing against? Real last- Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. Real, uh, Real Batiste. Real Batiste, it doesn't matter. They already have Europa League secured because they won the Copa del Rey. That's true. So or is, it, is that Europa League or is that Conference League? Uh, Either way, they have European competition secured they do. one way or that another. That is true. That they, is true. They have it secured some in one shape or another. Yeah. So, you know, g- good for them. So maybe it doesn't matter, win or lose, Real Sociedad, I bet, are going to be playing against Atletico Madrid, a very hard match. But, you know, who knows what happens there. Uh, moving down to the bottom, relegation scraps, Granada, Cadiz, and Mallorca. Mallorca have honestly not a terrible shot of surviving i'm sure who's there hoppy is there so i'm sure he'd love is to... he really there though it might be a myth it, it could be an <laughs> urban legend i don't know yeah I, I, i've honestly not i've seen like maybe like two my orchid games where he played it if that yeah i i yeah he, he doesn't really play um so, so so maybe like for his development it would be good for him to stay on I mean, it. That's what I feel about like, like maybe Bella with Armenia Bielfeld because they also got relegated from the Bundesliga. So I don't know. Uh, but they, it, their path to safety isn't crazy. They have uh, Osasuna who are in ninth place, but I believe they're playing that away. Yeah, that's a way uh, Cadiz has a really good shot of surviving because they're playing last place Deportivo uh, Alaves. 
So hmm. Granada, however, play Espanol at home. Maybe I'm capping. Maybe Mallorca is definitely is going to be the one relegate, even though according to 538, it's Cadiz that is I can the see that. Most likely largely 2% more, 44% compared to 46%. Jack, who do you think is getting relegated here? I guess that's the only big thing that's happening in this league right now. Uh real real quick before uh Oh yes, uh, go ahead. Matthew Hoppy. Uh do you know how many minutes he's played this season? Like like for Mallorca? Yeah, I'm, for gonna, Mallorca. I'm gonna go with like a cool four hundred. 131. Are you kidding me? He he is he has started one game. Oh man. It, it, that, a lot of that's injury though, right? When is the last time he played? Uh he played one minute against Barcelona on May 1st. That's okay. I don't you're gonna make me sad. I don't want to hear that. I don't uh, want to hear this. The only time he started, he started one game, and it was against Real Madrid, and he got an assist in that game. His only goal contribution for Mallorca. It's all you need. And just like I, that, I think he needed a little bit more than 131 <laughs> okay. minutes. Uh, I think, I, so think too. I think that goes down as the worst transfer potentially for a U.S. player uh, for this year. Yeah, for this year, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for this year. Josh Sargent, kind of close. There's been there's been like a couple stinkers. Not gonna lie, yeah, there's been a couple uh, stinkers. Yeah, uh, but this one takes the cake. This that one, one takes definitely the cake. takes, yeah. So, so, Jack, back to the question. Of these three teams, who do you see getting relegated here? Mallorca, Cadiz, Granada? I feel like probably not, but it's anyone's game, I suppose. I don't want Granada to get relegated. I have a jersey for, of them. I, I'd, I'd like true. them to stay up. Uh, and plus, they were in like the Europa League last year. Uh, that's, that's a pretty heavy fall off for them. Uh, I, th- I think... I think it'll probably be Cadiz that goes down. They haven't been super impressive. Yes, they've gotten some wins, and they drew against Sevilla and Real Madrid. But also, they don't have like any standout players, really. I mean, I don't think I don't think any of these teams in the bottom of this league have any standout players. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, I I I. I, I feel like I feel like Cadiz are still going to go down. They haven't been as good as Mallorca. I think actually no. Mallorca got a pretty big win uh, this past week against uh, Rio Vallecano. A uh, last yeah. minute goal from uh, Prats. So they're they're still in this. I, I I'm going to say that Mallorca go down because Cadiz leads on goal difference. So if True. they get the same result, they go ahead. Assuming that and they're playing against never mind yeah they're and they're playing against Alves yeah yeah sorry Jack Hoppy gets relegated again goes to another club plays a small amount of minutes gets relegated again is that is that Matthew Hoppy's cycle right there is that I I think I think players like him where it's very clear that he's kind of not in a good place club wise should move to MLS I I I think. I think there's a good spot uh, as a TAM level player for him in MLS. Same with Matt Miazga, who is also played for a, a Spanish side here. Am I, I forgetting? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He play, yeah. He played for the last place team. And let's, let's be honest, he's not going to make it to the Chelsea squad at all. So 
So actually, uh, you know, we have like no center backs at this point. I, I mean, Matt Miel, I, <laughs> an injured Chalaba is probably better than Matt Mialska, if I'm being honest. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, he's so, all, but he is better than nothing. Uh, he is he is better than air. I will give him that. Uh, and physical I'm, and, block space. And, and that's coming from someone that actually likes Matt Miazga as a not a person. I don't know what he's up to, <laughs> but as a, as a player. So I, I could definitely see him playing for uh, a club that needs a center back in MLS. Uh, but off topic. Moving on from Spain, let's wrap things up. Talking about France, I don't actually care. Uh, I do. Uh, FC Jack FC Nantes is how you yes. pronounce it. FC yes, Nantes, let's go. I know my French. Uh, has yeah. won uh, the, was it Coup de France? Is that, is that yes, what, what the trophy is called? Okay, yep. cool. So, yeah, apparently I don't know anything, but they have won their first trophy since like 2001, 2002, since they won the Trophy des Champions. It's not how you pronounce it, I'm guessing. It's close enough. Trophy des Champions. Yeah, Champions. Okay. Uh, they, they won the league in 2000, 2001. And, you know, to be here after, what, Liga 18th place last year? What the heck? To, to getting now a trophy is a huge, huge accomplishment. They, of course, uh, beat Nice to it. Uh, one to zero, thanks to a penalty from Ludovic Blas in the 47th minute. Uh, I, I did not watch this game. I did not watch, watch a lot of the French League. Who, who really does? <laughs> I mean, okay. Then another tangent. I, I really wish that the French league was a lot more accessible. Oh, yeah. uh, no, who who's really going to pay for what? What platform is it even on? What what what's it's that? On, I think it's still on BN Sports, and I, yeah, I no one, I refuse no to pay for BN Sports. How, it, it's like it's cable, basically. Yeah. It's basically cable. I'm not paying like twenty dollars a month to watch the French league. I'm not. PSG are going to win. Oh, how shocking! Wow. Yeah, not to call it a farmer's league, but, you know, they got tractors. Honestly, I'm saying they got tractors on the field, bro. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, okay, right? Like, ESPN Plus has Bundesliga and it has La Liga. La Liga. And, yep. I, and I watched – I didn't watch a ton of Bundesliga this year uh, because of, you know, whatever. Uh, I watched a lot of La Liga because it's my, the first time where I had, like, really readily uh, accessible La Liga Still watch like the big Bundesliga games. Don't get on my back. Don't get on my back. Uh, Paramount Plus, Syria, and the Champions League watched a crap ton of that because it's accessible. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm still not paying for Peacock, but I can still make do with like the basic cable package yeah. with like USA and NBC Sports when they still had that. It's just I'm sorry, uh, French fans. I I, I if promise i promise that if they make it to uh espn plus Paramount plus apple tv plus i don't i don't care I, I will watch i'm not paying for bn and that's why i did not watch this match i'm guessing it was on bn if not i'm gonna look really silly uh but uh they won congrats uh nonce they're really cool uh, this entire league was won by psg monaco who i got a scarf of, thanks to a Jack's birthday present for me. Uh, in second place currently, even though it's very tight with Marseille. And so do I want Dimitri Pyatt to win or my my uh, scarf to win? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it, it is them. I guess also Ren is in it, but they are three points behind. So who knows? They have a much better goal difference, though. They do. They do. 
uh, but they're they're going against uh, Lille, Marseille against oh is that Str- Str- uh, Strasbourg? Yes, it is. Yep. Oh, but Strasbourg's good this season. That's yes, right. They are. And Monaco is going against was that Len? Yeah, Lons. Yeah, Lons. And they're L- also Lons good. Has been good. Yeah, they're, I oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ren actually could beat both of them to it. it it's they have an 18th uh, 18% chance for uh Champions League so because Ren, I I Ren's front line has been incredible this season. Honestly True. like uh, they they should be uh like among like considered some of the best players this season. Martin Terrier or Terrier, my bad. 3 assists, 21 goals. Uh Gaetan Laborde he has eight assists, 15 goals. Benjamin Bourgeau, 10 goals and 12 assists. That's, mm. That is crazy good for yes. that front line. But Monaco, Wassam Ben Yedder. Think about that. He's also very good. 24 yes. goals. Look at the results that they've had. I, I, don't, I don't watch Monaco, but I know that Ben Yedder is good. Yeah. Mar- Marseille, rough patch of form. Yes, but unlike Ren, they're facing their opponent at home. Ren is uh, playing Lille away, uh, Marseille, uh, Strasbourg at home. So a lot of factors, uh, 538, I'm not, I'm not a big uh, a French fan, never claimed to be, uh, but 538 does have Ren at only an 18% chance, Marseille, Monaco at 90, 91% respectively. And yeah, kind of third place will get you qualification. Uh, and then automatic qualification second place. So I don't know. Could be tough. Ren might be looking at Europa League, which will be an upgrade for where they were at. Conference League, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good for them. Good for them. Uh, that wraps it up for this wrap up. A bit longer, but then again, we were gone for two weeks and we didn't talk about soccer. So here, talked about soccer, talked about a lot of other things also like streaming services and how uh, in the Inter Milan AC Milan dichotomy affects Chelsea's chances of winning the, 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 the title next year. Uh, but yeah, Jack, good to be back. Hopefully my mic quality wasn't too bad. Uh, it, it held up. It held up. It held up. It held up. But where can they listen to us in a non bad mic setting on uh, the, the, the social medias? Uh, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, hopefully, going to be posting more there because we both are done with finals. Yeah, uh, I was the holdout; had to submit a twenty-five <laughs> page paper. Uh, fun times, uh, but we're we're hoping to uh, tweet a little bit more on there. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll we we've been tweeting a, a good amount. But yeah, I, I, I have been. You know tweeting a little bit here here and there now that, that we're back and uh, we're also hoping to get back on the thursday episode train in whatever form that may be so definitely keep an eye out for that uh thank you for listening got a website finalthirdshow.com if you want a one-stop shop for everything final third uh and yeah i don't think i missed anything else uh definitely give us a rating if you liked the show Tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would like to hear the rundown on the crazy last week of games we're going to have next weekend. So, so excited for that. I'm sure he would love to, to hear that. So, yeah, definitely go tell him that. We'll see you guys this Thursday for 
a deep dive episode, whatever that may be. We'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's news and predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now.